Hey guys, it's Sam here. Welcome to another episode of Modern Life. Today we're talking about Greta Gerwig's Little Women. I know, something something that's not a 20-year-old movie. It's crazy. Um, we're going to be here with Tabby and Stacy, and we're going to dive right into it. Let's do it. I scorched my dress, see? There. And Meg told me to keep still so no one would see it. You can laugh if you want to. It's funny, I know. I have an idea of how we can manage. As always, before we dive into this week's topic, we're going to start with some modern thoughts, some stuff that's on our minds. What do you guys, uh, who wants to start? I can go. Mine is just an update on our Goodbye Leaning episode. Okay. And then we were, there's a scene in the movie, even if you're not familiar with it, takes place in East Germany, and the Germans start singing this Russian song in the car that everybody knows, and we were wondering how they all know this Russian song. Right. Um, and I looked it up, and your compulsory language that you would have to learn um, in school in East Germany was actually Russian. So then if you're on the gymnasium track, which is the schools in Germany that kind of lead you to university... You, it's like the top high school. The top high school. I Yeah. I don't want to call it that because it creates like class issues and like feel like the trades aren't regarded as well as if you're going to university, but that's a whole different story about German education. <laughs> um, but the second language that you would have to choose for that, you could choose between um, English and French. Uh, and just a comparison to that, when I, I think when I was 11... My compulsory, so this is 11 years after the fall of the wall, because I was born in 89. My compulsory compulsory language that I had to learn, and I think same for you, was English. Mm -hmm. You couldn't choose. And then for me, later on, I could choose between right. French and Latin. And I think nowadays they also have uh, Mandarin and Spanish in some schools. So okay, that's, but yeah, if you were in East Germany, you would learn Russian. Makes sense. And I'm wondering if that's why also the schools had to be reorganized so much because you weren't teaching these subjects anymore because right. most people would now be learning English I mean, instead of exactly right. instead of Russian. So Yeah, it's like a Yeah, you got to scrap the whole curriculum. Yeah. It's probably yeah. like some communist school curriculum that you have to totally scratch, right? You want to go next? Or want me to go next, Stacy? Mine's just like literally going to take two seconds. It's just that I uh, read an article how Corona's sales uh, the, the beer, beer Corona. Yeah, sales have are, dropped. Uh, huge percentages, thirty-eight percent, because people are making a connection between that and the coronavirus. I just thought that that was hilarious. So, what, I what does that share. say about us as a species? That we're not intelligent. Do you like walk into the you walk into the gas station? Like, I want a beer, and you look at all over. You're like coronavirus. Wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> You're selling I'm coronavirus. I'm not going to let you get me coronavirus. <laughs> I'm going Bud Light. Uh, I just thought it was It's hilarious. like these subconscious connections. Like, we yeah. are... Stupid. How are we, like, made it to the moon? It's just crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, there's, I guess, a bunch of pressure on them, too, to, like, change their marketing strategy because they just, like, came out with, like, one of those seltzer drinks, and it says, coming to the shore soon, and, like, everybody... <laughs> Everybody's oh, like freaking out man. about it, and they're like, "I'm not going to change my marketing oh strategy my based on this." It's like so Poor stupid. Corona. That's their whole thing. Find your beach. Yeah, I know. That's what's so funny because it's Coming not like it's a to new the shore. So that's terrible. 
What do you do if you're Corona? Oh man, they, they they could change it, but they're like, no, we're just gonna stick with it because it's just they who we are. Already invested so much money into They'll that. They'll be fine. But I thought oh, it was man. funny. You gotta you gotta twist the marketing somewhat, though. I don't. They're, know they're not do. doing it. They've like refused to People like give into it. To figure that out. Yeah. They'll be fine. They only own like 10 other beer companies. I think Corona's going to be okay. All right. Um, <laughs> everyone shed a tear for Corona. <laughs> this is a free advertisement. Um, my modern thought is I read this amazing article on, what is it? The bolditalic.com. This is an article that went pretty viral this week. It was an anonymous, oh God, what are they called? Not, who, who are the people in the office that like run the office? Administrator? I guess, yeah, office administrator. Secretary? It was an office administrator in Silicon Valley. They decided to stay anonymous for this article. It's basically shedding light on her working conditions that I guess are pretty common in these tech offices where, if you don't know anything about it, I mean, tech companies are notorious for spoiling their workers with all kinds of different perks, right? A lot of people don't like tech workers because they get inevitably this insane sense of entitlement and so she documented that in this article through her daily what happens on the daily with her job one thing being i, I guess just a little while ago she's in bed at like 10 p.m on a thursday watching tv and someone from the office texts her a picture of poop floating in the toilet going like this isn't flushing like what do i do and she she on the daily toilets get clogged and she has to like help these people on like these are grown adults in their 30s that don't know how to there's she's like there's a plunger right next to the toilet they like don't know how to do that or they're she, so wait they're they're tech why are they texting her she's the because office, she's the administrator. office administrator and she has to do like everything for but she's people. not the janitor no well that's what she's saying is like every and even her boss has told her this when she brought it up. Everything the workers want, she basically she's like their their slave. There's a whole text thread about just the temperature in the office, and someone will text her that they're cold, and she she's expected to drop everything she's doing and like go change the temperature. But the problem is, is she's literally seen if two people are sitting next to each other in the office, one of them texts her that. She's cold, and then the other one, five minutes later, without knowing that the other person has texted her, texts her that they're hot. And it's just, it's this insane, like, mentality that Silicon Valley is known for. Like, well, but I mean, the the article may be new, but I, even on this podcast and everywhere you go, there's jokes about these tech bros and yeah, these tech just, people being out of their minds. It just reaffirmed that belief. I don't, it's, it just goes to an extreme level. And she was saying, she was blaming herself in the article too, going like, I don't know how to set boundaries, which is like, you have to. And she just, everything. Yeah, but then wanted. if you set boundaries, especially as a woman, do you then get a, yes, your boss know. being like, oh, you're not doing your job or, you, yeah. you know, I don't know. And she has to like, we want this certain whey powder in the break room or make me a snack or you have to organize this office. Like just every, she has to do everything. Wow. Yeah. It was yeah. just, a, it. So all the all the stereotypes are all more than true. All the stereotypes seem to be true. Yeah. <laughs> but she's like, if if you give these people all these perks, like inevitably, this is what people are going to turn into. It's like there was a scene in Moms, the first one where she's working at bad that moms. coffee. Yeah, in Bad Moms, where she's working at the coffee oh, company. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I, yeah, it like tries to replicate that because it's all these like 
she, she refers to them as teenagers because they're all like these 20 or early yeah. 20 year olds oh, yeah, 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 and they're yeah. like skateboarding and like her assistant comes in and she's like so hungover and she like is popping pills <laughs> she's like i don't even know where i'm at right now and then the boss comes in and like asks her to go skating with her like roller skating <laughs> and it was the I funniest love that, that was, movie i do too i made him watch it the other I day it wait did you think time. it was funny it had its moments yeah i, I think <laughs> it just appeals to so many like when I was watching that movie in the theater, for example, when one of the moms finally stands up to her right. husband, the, they were all screaming. I was in a theater <laughs> of women and everybody was just like living out their fantasy. <laughs> I just, I, I think I struggled sometimes with, uh, and I think American comedies love to do this where it's like one scene is, oh, this crazy, shitty, drunk house party. And then two scenes later, it gets really somber and the mom's crying. It gets really serious. I, I struggle with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some tonal. There's very yeah. tonal. Yeah. That, yeah, that's true. It's not like a consistent kind of comedy with a consistent tone. It's very like mood swings all over the place. Yeah. I struggle with that sometimes. Taika didn't direct this one, but it's still really good. <laughs> it ain't no Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Shall we get to the main topic? Mm -hmm. Little Women. I'm going to be saying little women a lot. Explain why. I'm Let's obsessed. There. What is this? Three quarters through the movie when the dad finally comes home. <laughs> the first thing he says is like, my little women. It's like so on the nose because it's the title. Of the, like, I, I get that's what he calls them. I'm like, is that the first thing you say when you come back from the war? I don't know. I just, it cracked me up. Like we gotta, we gotta make sure he says the title in the movie. First time we see him. <laughs> But I'm, yes, I'm obsessed with him doing that. I don't know why. So I made my brother watch this for my birthday, which... And no regrets. It's incredible. My brother hates period movies. Yeah, hates them. I don't and like period movies, are. but I think we figure it out. It's I think it's more the British accents yeah. that I don't care for. <laughs> you watching, cannot... watching two hours of people going, Oh, hello, Miss Margaret. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can't even watch an actress that is like has too much of a British accent. You get annoyed. Like Emma Watson. Like Emma Watson, yeah. who was great in this movie because yeah. she was not doing a British accent. Um, <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. Yeah, she's, uh, she dips in there a little bit. Um, I, I love how Stacey by now is just used to, because we're European, we have something to say about every other European... We're always like, oh, the French, they're so <laughs> French. Oh, French. Oh, the yeah. Italians. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the Germans. Nothing. No, Germans are perfect. Um, no, I'm so glad you dragged me to see this movie because it's, it's one of the best movies I saw all year. No, it was so good. And Very nice. I don't know if I've ever cried that much. I was crying like a little six-year-old schoolgirl whose ice cream just got taken away. Like. <laughs> Man, and the acting was phenomenal, especially uh, what's her Florence, Florence. round face there, mm -hmm. Florence. Mm -hmm. Man, yeah, so she good. is phenomenal. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the grief in this because I wasn't sure if that was something that was too, that took over the movie too much for me. They got really sad after because, like, the first yeah, half. Yeah, the second half of the movie, it, it's really, but every scene like hits you too. And then you have the scene of like the neighbor not wanting to go in the house because he's like, she's right. it dead. Doesn't, it doesn't ever feel forced like we're trying to make the saddest movie in the world. But at the no. same time, I wish it wasn't this sad. But then also mm. it's almost like a twist on the book. Because in the book, that is something that bothered me about sadness and grief not being explored. Um, because the book is so religious. It's, it's incredibly religious. 
And for example, there's a scene where the kids ask the mom, like, what if dad dies in the war? And mm -hmm. she just says, well, then he would have just done his duty for his country and I would be happy about that. Do, 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 do. Like, they don't, it's like, that's God's will and that's the right. end, you know, that's the, and also, I always find it really upsetting that they don't tell Amy in Europe that the sister is really, really sick and they're mm -hmm. not wanting her to come home. And in the book reading that, it was really tough. It's like, well, she's right. coming home anyways after she dies, like, and she hasn't seen her sister in years. Like, wouldn't you want her to at least get a last we moment with the sister? We must not spoil a vacation. But aren't they, but aren't they, um, like, following the wishes of the sick sister? Well, I didn't remember that from the book. In the movie, I know they said that. But then yeah. also, like, as a Maybe mom, aren't you an adult? Aren't you like, no, I'm going to ask your sister to come home because you're dying. At that point, they know right. she's dying. And I, if I was Amy, I would just be really upset. Like, you didn't tell me my sister was dying while I'm, like, running around in Europe. Yeah, but I think you need time. to understand that they're looking at it. I, I, Okay, you remember that one scene where they explain, like, how, it, like, you see her, Florence, talk about, like, marriage and that whole scene with her talking mm -hmm. to you, um, and how, like, it's her responsibility to, to take care of the family. You think that maybe it has a play on that a little bit because it's like such, it's so important for her to like find somebody to marry and like be able to support the rest of them that like maybe that has mm. something to do with it. Right, man, at that point, she didn't even know her sister was sick. No, I know that, but I'm saying like that maybe that's the reason they don't tell her because of that, right? Like it's her job to do that. No, that's not something the mom would ever th think about her needing the, uh... to support the family. The mom is very like Mary for love. And, but in the movie, I actually thought it was better well done of them finding a reason for amy to stay away and then mm. also uh them just dealing with their feelings a little bit better than they did in the book right. so i think greta Gerwig improved that from the source material i just wasn't sure if it was a little too much by the end like i'm done crying right. like i don't want to be sad anymore yeah but i i think that they dealt with it in a i mean I don't know. I feel like that was missing in some of the other adaptations where mm -hmm. like it was like too quick. Like I wouldn't have gotten over it that fast. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was more realistic how it was done in this movie. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Yeah. And for me, it's different because as someone that doesn't cry a lot, especially not during movies, then you have this, like the movie's done. You're like, like, like me as the person I am, like, I feel like, okay, that's, that's my crying for the year. Like, you all get it out. Like, I feel good. So, Sam, as a German, what was it like feeling emotion for the first time? <laughs> That's enough crying for the next five years. Feels really good to get it out. <laughs> um, does that... I don't remember. Does So, does this version... Does this movie... It never really touches that much on the dad being at war. They kind of take it for mm -hmm. granted that he's mm -hmm. going to come home, Right. Not, I never got that sense yeah. of like, oh, dad might not make it because it's, it's rough out there, man. I mean, when they go to meet him, that's a really, that's a really traumatic time for the family. Right. When, he, when the mom has to go over there, how are they going to afford the train ticket, you know? But I think Greta Gerwig made a really conscious choice to, like, this is a movie about the daughters. It's right, not right. about no, the dad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, it's another choice I actually really liked. And, and then by the time the dad does come home, we don't even see him when the mom's up there. Yeah. Right. It, it does feel a little silly for him to be like, my little women. My little women. <laughs> um, I guess maybe that's my one critique of the movie where I didn't, I get it's about these little women, mm -hmm. but they're so, 
they're obviously so ecstatic, like when their dad finally mm-hmm. comes home. But I never got the but- sense that they even like missed him that much, or like. I don't know. You didn't feel the grief. Mm-hmm. I could have used like the... five more minutes of exploring that mm-hmm. in the movie just to have a little bit more of an impact when the dad comes home. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't just... feel that either, but I only felt Because I feel like when the, 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 the dad has been gone so long, he's at war, and he finally comes home, it should have been, even though it's such a kind of minor part of the story, that should have been a big, like, holy crap, like, dad's finally home. I didn't mm-hmm. quite feel that because the dad really kind of gets yeah. tossed to the wayside. There is a really well composed scene when, you know, their greatest Christmas gift is this letter from the dad. Right. Which is right. in the beginning of the book, but the story being switched around, I don't remember where it was in the movie. And the way they're all kind of holding each other and sitting around this right. chair, I was like, that's a really conscious choice how they're sitting. And I, I like that. Mm-hmm. And about that was really the only moment you got right, about that's really the, the only thing dad. that stands out to me. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like when they were writing the script, they could have put like a couple like just inserts into is, other scenes is Papa to ever like, coming home mama yeah <laughs> suddenly this movie's taking place in the south <laughs> <laughs> papa which is it a little princess yeah, guess, movie <laughs> yeah papa. but i mean you know by far the, the dad is just he's obviously not the the main male character focus i mean to me that was the the rich neighbor right Shalomania. By, uh, what's the actor's name? Cooper. Um, is it Chris Cooper? Who are you talking about? Timothy Chalamet? No, no, no the, the, the rich the... old neighbor who, like... Oh, who's, like, the father so figure. so fond of them. Yeah, he kind of is... Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris Cooper. More like a grandfather figure. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 He, I thought he was so fantastic. I don't remember... I've seen... I feel like Chris Cooper is always, like, the guy at CIA headquarters hunting down Jason Bourne. Like, I've never seen mm. him in this type of role. And he didn't... You could barely recognize him because he's got just hit the hair mm. and the facial hair that you've never seen on him. And I thought he was so good. I'm like, okay, yeah, there's a reason this guy's been around in Hollywood for, like, 40 years. Yeah. I've really never seen that character highlighted in other ad- adaptations. Yeah, yeah no, he was done this, very this, well. He was so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that scene where he doesn't want to come in the house, it's like, oh, my God. That scene where he's listening to the piano. Yeah. Ugh, that was done very well, too. <laughs> I'm crying. No, he was so good. I want to talk about the Academy Award nominations yeah, for this. Yeah, let's get, let's get into that. Or the lack thereof. Uh, oh, yeah. No, they, I'm not even talking about Greta Gerwig, um, which is just... I feel like that's well known, but I just thought lo- the Laura Dern thing... Yeah, that was that bothered right. me a little Why bit. Why was she not nominated for this? Why did she keep winning awards for the Marriage Story movie she was in for five minutes? <laughs> which I didn't see the Marriage Story, but I'm like... I mean, you saw both movies, and like, really, you're gonna tell me she was better in the marriage? If she's better in the marriage story than she was in Little Women, like, okay, I really got to see the marriage story. (laughs) 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 I mean, she was. I mean, she was almost like a main. I mean, to to call her a supporting actress in this, I mean, I guess barely. I mean, she's like almost like a main character, right? I don't. No, I mean she's definitely a supporting role. I guess she's in the movie Joe's a the lot, main, though. Joe's the main character. She's the heroine. Uh, yeah. And this one, almost Amy takes. Yeah, oh well, right? that's the thing about this one is that the yeah. that's adaptation. That I think that was my favorite part in this one was just the whole how Florence Pug like played Amy. Her entire role, like I hated her in the book. 
I didn't like her in any of the adaptations. This is the first adaptation that I've seen that from start to finish, I loved her character. And I understood their relationship a lot better and how she could forgive her and just like, I don't know, it was the most well-rounded version that I've ever seen done of this character. Which you thought she should have won the Oscar for. Oh, yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Who, who ended up winning it? Was, Lord oh, it was Lord. That's right. Yeah. Lord of Mary's Story. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, like, no way. I yeah, mean, she, she was, was phenomenal. Amazing. She was so funny. Even if it was Florence against Laura Dern in this yeah, movie, I still, not, I still would pick La- Florence. Yes. It's like, yes. she was, to mm-hmm. me, like, the best part of that movie. That when that whole speech she gives with, Tim- with Timothy Chalamet. But when she's mm-hmm. uh, in the studio, you know that wasn't in the original mo- the original no, script that they wasn't. wrote it within I, I like five what, minutes before they filmed. Said. They like handed a paper written version of well, it. She's a, mm. She has a scene with him in the studio and one where they're in the park when he's like, yeah, oh, like, that, you know, you should do. Like, he's like implying he should marry her, and she's like, it's not fair. Oh, that one, that was a great when I've too. loved you all my life. Yeah, yeah. Ah, straight to the heart. Yeah. Oh, man, just, <laughs> She also, it helps that she had, like, the best lines of the movie yeah. written for her, too. Yeah. I mean, the one that stands out to me the most is when they're all, like, she's like, when did, when Joe is like, when did you get so wise? Right? And when she, isn't that where she's like, if I wasn't. No, she says that to Timothy Chalamet when he oh, shows up right. drunk at the party. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If I was. I if I wasn't res- loved, I'd be respected. I'd be respected like, oh if God. I could be loved. Yeah. yeah. Which I do line. not. I looked it up. I didn't remember that line from the book and it's not it's yeah, a it's an original line as far as i know i listened to a interview with greta gorick and she actually said that she used a lot of other lines from alcott's other books hmm. and just made put them in here to make it feel authentic and i thought that was a really cool so, wait, what, did you have something else to say about the academy awards though because i know you wanted to jump into that uh, yeah that was basically it. somebody online was like florence should have been nominated for midsomar i'm like get the yeah, no fuck way. out of here get out of here no. what a waste of my time watching that movie it's <laughs> a lot of crying and crazy people um, and violence on brown bodies again dun, that i have dun, to watch <laughs> um you want to talk about timothy timothy oh uh, okay this is one of those this is one of those things like if you say colin firth wasn't the best darcy or christian bale wasn't the best you know, Lori, there are wigs on the green. There are fights in the period drama community. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Lori is actually, this is going to sound ridiculous, but from the Canadian YouTube miniseries on Little Women. Oh, yeah. There just, was... I've seen that so many times. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. The Lori in that was really, really good. I thought Timothy Chalamet was was okay in this. He was fine. We, for the for how I remember before, when you first talked about the movie being casted, you were so upset that he got it because he's you just a little child. You couldn't picture him in it, and I think for having the images of him being that childlike, like he doesn't he doesn't come off like what I imagined when I read the book, him coming off as at all. Uh, I'm saying like I, that's not who I envisioned in that role, like ever. Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. yeah, like he's too young looking, but. Past that, his acting, I think, pulled off where it was actually believable, which mm-hmm. for me, his appearance would immediately make it not. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So based on that alone, like, I give him credit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he does not the best I've ever seen in it by far, but I think that based on my own prejudices ahead of, ahead of it, 
like he did right i mean did, younger kids are going to see grow up with yeah. this version and not the winona right. rider version they're going to yeah. be like oh timothy chalamet is laurie you know yeah mm. i'm just saying like when i read the book it was never my image to see such a yeah i don't know how to explain what i'm trying to say but the it just looks like that kind of felt very staged and something that bothered me about it was this what? Sorry, go ahead. I think I know which one you're talking about. I'm talking about. about the proposal scene. Yeah, you know that In he field, you know right? that he actually um was allowed to go off on his own. He didn't follow a script at all. That was Maybe all like that was really? like, yeah. How, that, how are you finding all these things? I found that in well, IMDb. To Greta this morning before the podcast. <laughs> I looked at IMDb and he, it's like a whole thing. It says that that's like the one scene that like he was allowed to let's um, while we're on the we're on the hill in the yeah. Field, yeah. Right? yeah. 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 That's that's funny you say that because that was that was my pick for the most. That's his scene. That's a scene with Timothy that doesn't work, work for, for me. Him. Yeah, it feels very. In other parts of the movie, acting. it feels very. Yeah, but I'm I, acting right, but I think that's. Uh, that's also something I like about it because it's him just being caught up in these emotions that mm. obviously aren't. They're obviously not really in love, and obviously right. you finally feel in this version that they're not meant to be together. I think Greta tries to make that very clear. Yeah, and so he's just like caught up in all this drama, and Joe's like, you know, you need to take it easy. So I I got the overactedness of it, mm-hmm. but I couldn't even pay attention because he had anime hair the whole time, <laughs> and his hair was just sticking up through the whole scene. And I'm like, I can't focus on anything. Get comb this your man hair a comb. if you're gonna propose, for God's sake. It was it was that the hair took it over the top for me. <laughs> And this is another thing that Stacy and I already talked about, but all these, I mean, there were people at the time writing to Alcott, like, how dare you not make these two characters be together? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, no. they're meant to be together. And people are still saying that nowadays in shipping Laurie and Joe. And I'm like, <laughs> did we read the same book? It's very obvious that they're mm-hmm. brother, more brother and sister and right. that they're, they're, they're not too, suited. They're too, uh, they're, they're too similar. They're like twins. <laughs> yeah. They both go off on these tangents. They need somebody that's like more solid to like base them and like make them mm-hmm. more realistic. Like right. they're just, they would feed off of each other and it would be mm-hmm. just a spiral of like every Shakespeare movie where they end up dead in the end. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. That's what it's, it, to me, that's what it's like. It's just like, it's unrealistic. And I like that she grounds it a little bit and makes it so that they don't end up together because mm-hmm. to me it's just it's not a uh, a real companionship. Yeah. I mean. There's no balance. Yeah. Well his acting, Timothy Timothaz, um <laughs> it at times is so effortless, like when they're dancing when was it when him and Joe were dancing outside of the mm-hmm. the gala, the ball, whatever the hell it is. Um <laughs> I don't know if it's just him being a really young actor with a lot of raw talent that's just not... Sometimes it's going to come off really well and sometimes it's just not. I don't know. Because I'm not like the biggest Timothy fan, but I mean, he worked for me in this movie. Yeah, I think that based on... the He he did a lot better than I thought he was, which is impressive based on the fact that I was not excited about him being in this movie. Couldn't wear a damn tux to the Oscars like everybody else. What was he wearing? Like (laughs) A tracksuit. Oh yeah, well, it was like a black track. Like, of course you are. I remember him. He was. It was like at the Independent Spirit Film Awards. Oh, for you were Lady there, Bird. were you? No, no, no. But I, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> no, because I watched some parts of that. Because that was when uh, Nick Kroll and uh, Oh yeah, Mulaney were hosting, yeah. which yeah. was hilarious. But they show him during because I just watched the monologue of it. 
like Independent Spirit Awards. I want to say it was like two years ago. And he's at this awards ceremony. He's wearing like like a car mechanic button-up that your dad would wear, Stacy. It's like this white and blue striped with like a little pocket up Those here. Those are still like thousands of dollars though because they will show up on the designer pages and they'll showcase Right, but it's like, it's an award style. ceremony. Like he, he, He's like that guy. He's that freaking hipster that always has, he has to like wear something so different from everyone else. Like I'm gonna wear this that's, bowling shirt. That's a shirt. thing right now and that's his image. But that's, like, I why think that's what go? rubs me so wrong about him. But it's Chris like, Pine I'm, does that and it works. How does Chris... Chris Pine wears a damn tux to the Oscars and then when Common <laughs> sings, he stands up and he claps and he stoically is crying. Chris Pine has a level of classiness Sorry. that Timothy you know, will I don't never know why have, you would ever okay? bring up Chris Pine. <laughs> it's very you? passionate about Chris Pine. How dare you compare the two? <laughs> no, but you haven't seen those memes where he wears like the flowing... That's different. It's the di you do whatever the hell you want in your private life, right? I, I get Chris Pine's a pretty big hipster, but he knows when to like tone it down, right? I'm sure Timothy's listening to this, and he will take your advice. He's got that grown up. He's a damn. He's a damn fine man, that Chris Pine. <laughs> <laughs> greatest man I've ever known. Greatest man I've ever Sam is slightly obsessed with Chris Pine. Chris Pine should be the next Indiana Jones, okay? I think he'd be great. He'd be great. He'd be great. Put a little hat on him. Da -da -da -da. Some boots, da -da -da. leather vest, a whip. <laughs> and those bright blue eyes. <laughs> <laughs> no shirt. Um, I wanted to say something interesting about the costume design in creating past and future in this movie. Okay. Uh, this is the first movie I think that I've seen where Amy isn't uh, two actresses, like we talked about. Oh, you know, yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. the smaller one, and then there's a the grown up Amy. Yeah. And I think that's what also makes us connect to that character so much because we get to spend so much mm -hmm. time with one actress. Right. And I loved how they just made her dresses really short. To, to show that she's younger and then also have her hair in a different style, which mm -hmm. and, and which would be common, you know, at the time. I also think it was interesting that they took, they made each of the characters have like a certain color associated with their, their clothing throughout the movie. Joe was red, like Amy's right? Amy's blue the whole movie. Yeah, Amy's blue. blue. And then they made the mother like wear a combination of all four of them. Like, I didn't catch that. Times. Yeah, oh, really? yeah. Oh, which I thought was like pants. she's looking it up on IMDb over there. <laughs> so Meg's colors are lavender and green. Joe's are red and indigo. Beth's are pink and brown, and Amy's is light blue. Let's see in that in the scene where they're all standing on the staircase. Emma Watson's wearing pink. The, the, in that scene, Emma Watson's the only one in that scene. You're looking at the wrong picture. That's why she's at the debutante ball, and she's the only one there. I don't know what the but hell. But that actually at. leads into. Um, I think that's one of the scenes that people are really upset with in modern times is Laurie, who already has alcohol problems, who's younger than Meg, coming up to her and being like, you're a damn slut. Why are you dressed like this? Yeah. Again, the book is incredibly religious. Hmm. And it's Meg's like one time to have the kind of lifestyle that Laurie enjoys every day and dress in these like silk dresses and drink alcohol and mm -hmm. like have a good time. And I think Greta Gerwig did a great job of kind of softening that a little bit more and grounding it because that, that scene upsets every modern reader. And it's, you know, one of those things where it's like another moral lesson of don't ever look good or, you know. Yeah. So I like I liked how she changed that. Oh, I had something else to say about the Academy Awards that I'm it's totally eluding me. 
Um, uh, what do, what do, do you want to talk about, Miss Mar- uh, Aunt March? Aunt March, yes. Yeah, do you want to talk about Marilyn Street playing Aunt March? And Marilyn? Her, Marilyn. Meryl. Meryl. Do you have any you Is that her birth name? Let's see a birth certificate. <laughs> you wouldn't make it on Billy on the Street. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, she has that line with, or that conversation with Amy. She's like, you have to carry the family. There's two mm, things a woman right. can do, like open Putting up a whorehouse or which that line is not something Anne March would ever say or think about. Or, I just feel like they made her more intelligent in this movie than yeah. they have in past versions. And I kind of liked it because it made more sense to me that she had the money she did with the fact that she understood things a little bit more. Does that make sense? I'm trying to say that I just think that I like the development that they did with her in this movie, in this adaptation rather than in the past, because Mm -hmm. I like that she has that kind of understanding of how the world is. Cause like in other movies, I didn't care for her or understand why she was so like critical and just rude. And in this one, it kind of like made more sense. She's just trying to harden them a little bit so that they could survive. But that's definitely a modern change that Greta Gerwig did and those other versions are more grounded in the source material and in the opinions and viewpoints that women would have had at the time. Yeah. Uh, So if people, Mm. I don't know, if people criticize that, I can't really give them a hard time for it, even though we all loved it. But it's, it's again, a conversation that these characters wouldn't have had, you know, because Aunt Marge is just kind of the villain in the book until she gives Joe, leaves Joe all her money at the end. Uh, but yeah, that that was great. I loved. The, I also loved that cute little scene where Laurie runs after them in the in the carriage, and he kisses Anne Marge, even oh, though yeah. that she, you know, she hates it. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. Um, there was an interview with Bob Odenkirk. This is what I'm remembering. I wanted to say about the Academy Awards. He was saying that maybe one of the reasons Greta got snubbed is I think there's a fair amount of people that vote on the Academy Awards that didn't even watch Little Women is the impression he got because it's like and the knock against it was it's just oh it's just another another version of Little Women and they kind of ignored it not seeing that Hmm. yeah it's like a whole fresh take though and I think it just he was saying maybe got ignored because like oh great it's like a it's only like the 50th version of Mm -hmm. Little Women I'm gonna like go watch something else so maybe even though it's such a great movie, the fact that it's an adaptation of something so well-known could have been a knock against it. So I don't know. How do you feel about that? This actually brings me to an interview I listened to on the... The podcast is called Q&A with Jeff Goldsmith, where he interviews Greta Gerwig. Okay. And when this trailer came out, I said, did this really need to get made? And on the interview, Greta Gerwig said, yeah, did this need to get made? No, there's already 10 other versions of it. There's like an anime of it. There's this and that. But if <laughs> if a source material really grips you, then right. that's what you need to do. And I, I love that um, self-awareness that she had about the right. project of like, well, this... And she, very early on, she already knew that she was going to switch the scenes around mm-hmm. in, in the timeline to kind of spice it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, maybe what you're saying, I can see that That's happening. That's also a stupid point because it's like when another Romeo and Juliet comes out, no one's going to be like, do we really need another Shakespeare movie? It's like, there's a lot mm-hmm. of things that get remade over and over again. Yeah, I mean, the Academy... <laughs> And, and also that the one thing that she was nominated for, Best Adaptive Screenplay, mm-hmm. 
I am personally think Taika deserves that because Caging right. Skies is so different from Jojo Rabbit and the changes he mm-hmm. made to it I thought were not that Greta Gerwig's work is any less groundbreaking, but to me that category is it's a joke. You're telling me all members in the Academy read the original source material, then read the script, and then watched the movie right. to it's arrive like, at this decision. Out of these five, what's your favorite? And, That's what yeah, it is. like nobody's gonna actually do the work to judge this fairly. Yeah, we can say that about anything, like all these, because what, what is the Academy at the end of the day? It's like a collection of writers, producers, actors. It's like everyone, it's like a bunch of people from the Actors Guild, right, that vote on this. Like, you're going to tell me that they watched all the movies that came out this year to, like, then be able to have a fair vote on, on it? audio mixing? You know, yeah, are they going to have an understanding like, of, like... Right. I mean, you can say about every category. Yeah. Like, there's going to be, I'm sure, plenty of people that vote... For one movie, not having seen the other four. I'm sure that happens probably more than they would like you to know. Because, I mean, it's not... There's no... I don't think there's any accountability of, like, we're going to make sure you watched all these before you vote on it. <laughs> like, the whole system's kind of silly. I yeah. don't know. Um, next in my notes here, I ha- I wanted to talk about uh, Frédéric Baer. Which, at the end of the movie, you were like, wait, what happened? What's going on? Because you didn't get the in-jokes, man. Sorry, I'm not a little women fan. I thought that was interesting that she kind of makes the audience who's not familiar with her go, wait, what what is the truth? What does actually happen? Is that dreidel still spinning, man? (laughs) It's a Christopher Nolan (laughs) joke. Um, I like that they changed him to be French. I was really afraid that they were going to say he's German, even though he had this French accent. Mm -hmm. I'm like, please, Greta, you're smarter than that. And she was. (laughs) And then also that the age difference wasn't so extreme Mm -hmm. between the two characters, which is something from the source material that also every other adaptation follows. I thought this was a union I could actually see happening, even though it was supposed to be just a gimmick mm-hmm. in the story and also a joke to the author because she's like, you want this character to be married off so badly? I'm going to mm-hmm. find like the most ridiculous German right. professor to marry her to. And it was... So is there a right way to look at that ending though? Or is it you could look at that ending both ways because you don't know exactly mm-hmm. what happened, right? Yeah, I think that's the trick. Okay. Like you don't... Yeah, I don't know. What is what is the truth? Hmm. And we've never seen that before and... Rightfully so, Gurik has been praised for mm-hmm. paying tribute to the process of the original source material where the author didn't have a choice and couldn't leave her well, it's such character a multi-layered Because the, the scene of her where she looks like she's not married, then the scene of her with the ridiculous love ending, and mm-hmm. the scene of her changing the ending with the guy at the, the publishing company, those three scenes are all intertwined to where it's like you could look at it any which way right i think mm-hmm. that's what makes it so brilliant does that make sense mm-hmm. because as as she's talking to the publisher about okay i'll change the ending then the ending happens and you don't know if it's in real life or not and mm-hmm. it goes like back to the publisher and back to her like seeing her book printed like you're like oh wait hold on but at the final scene with the family he is there you know when they're mm-hmm. eating the cake and Right, but it could just be okay. They're like they're a they're a thing now. It doesn't mean they like made out by the train station in the rain, right? Like they're just engaged. You yeah, mean? or they're just like not even engaged, like because they don't know each other that well yet. It could just be like okay, like we're dating. He's that's not a Courtney. thing in, in eighteen seventy, <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> but what do you think happened? 
Well, I mean, I know what happens in the book, so I... Yeah, I, but that doesn't completely matter, because this is this changes a lot of things about Well, the this book, is one no? of the only times where I actually would want them to be together. Mm. What do you think, Stacy? Because he's oh, not Stacey, that... Stacy thinks the happy ending happened. Well, he's not as maybe patronizing or ridiculous, or and the age difference doesn't, like, freak me out in this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely more viable in this one than yeah. it has been in the past. Like, in the yeah. past, I never really understood how she could want to be with the person that they had cast in it. Um, yeah, in the Winona Ryder one, the oh, movie horrible. ends with them getting together. Yeah. And I'm like, this is where you want to end? Yeah. You don't want to end with the family? Or, like, yeah. it it's bad. almost, this was almost making fun of the ending yeah. of the Winona Ryder one. Um, I like that they leave it open ended. To be honest with yeah. you guys, I don't necessarily believe the kiss in the rain. Like I feel like that was the ending of the book, not the ending in the life. But I, I do think that he becomes a part of her life. Like I, I definitely think something happens because he was in the ending scene. Mm-hmm. I like that it doesn't that I don't have to think about it. I like that they make her stronger than that. They give know. her agency over yeah, him. because it, it's more believable to me with her character throughout the entire movie also that scene where she says that she's lonely yeah which you would be especially we see this in suffragette history for example people fighting for women's rights they were considered too strong and they often stayed single because no man wanted to you know be with them and support their views and Mm -hmm. So fun fact: This um, movie on a seventeen million dollar budget. This is still in the theaters. Can you realize that's crazy? Oh wow! You can still go see like they it's have like a, a La La Land that, moment right here. It's made over like a hundred million dollars domestically. It's Very crazy. Nice. Very nice. Oh, you go, Greta. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need no nominations. You have us. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think she's gonna make a third movie with uh, Shalomania? No, with Saurus. Saurus. Well, actually, you know that she wasn't supposed to be cast in the original. She like wrote to Greta, like basically saying, "Like I, I'm, I'm going to be Joe." The fact that she was so confident in it is why she got the role. She was hesitant about putting her in it because she didn't want to do two movies in a row with the same person. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's like. I'm going to go sports on you. It's like when you have a good quarterback coach right, combo. Right. You know? yeah. it's, there's all nothing right. wrong with, hey, this is really working out. Let's keep working together. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But whatever happened to stage names? Soros Ronan, Florence I think it's Hug, Saoirse. Eliza Scanlon, Timothy Chalamet. What are these names? You're saying bring Doris Day back? Jesus. Bring those <laughs> names <laughs> back? Gary Grant? Those are some great stage names. Yeah, and then you have the old guard in the movie. It's like Chris Cooper and Meryl Streep. Like, those are actor names. Like, what the hell? I don't even know how to pronounce these other ones. Anyways, hot take. How how did we feel about this movie removing all religion and spirituality from the lives of these women when that was really a big part of what shapes them? Is that too makes modern? It, more, or it just is makes it, it more relatable. And makes it more relatable? Modern. Gets those millions in? this movie was very very modern yeah and i didn't mind it i don't think i think i liked it better Hmm. i mean are other period piece movies known for being 110 percent accurate with everything is that like because i'm not into the period piece world like is that a thing they take pride in i mean people with any book to movie thing people can get pretty like 
Tom Bombadil wasn't in the Lord of the Rings, and I'm upset about it because these movies needed to be ten hours long. I'm saying know, like it, it's more of a thing. It's like more of a modern critique to do with every movie where it's like, well, in Gravity, George Clooney should have floated that way because the planets were like, okay, who gives a crap? But like, I don't know, just specifically in the period genre, is that a thing where like you get criticized if it's not totally like the dresses have to look like they did back then and... You have to have your I don't know. I mean, there. these I movies know. are never accurate. If you go back to some of our episodes on period pieces, there's always stuff right. that's like really modern or, you know, yeah. so it'd be nice to have that, but I don't see that happening. And mm-hmm. yeah, you have to be able cinema. to make it so that people want to watch it. And perfect example is you. Like if it was more religious based or more, I don't know if you could have gotten through it because you didn't relate uh, to it as know. much. Well, I mean, that was tough for me even in the book when they open their Christmas presents yeah. and every kid gets the same book of Pilgrim's Progress. I'm like, yeah. they couldn't have had one book and then shared it? I don't know. I don't think it would have messed with me relating. To, it's not like... I can't really relate to the movie as it is. It's about yeah. it's a, about a bunch of little women in early America. Like, it's just... It's a really good movie. It's not, to me, a good movie because I can relate to it. Hmm. Not, there's nothing relatable for me in that movie. It's just a really good movie. Hmm. So, I don't... I guess if you have the religion there, I don't think... just depends on how you do it, I Wouldn't guess. it hurt it? Yeah. The thing is, I think the religion, especially back then, is so twisted and so out of touch with what we have today. Like, I just don't know that it would have fit with the other modern themes you put in there, no? Oh, maybe. All right. Yeah. So we're like, okay, so Aunt March is pretty progressive and she's having conversations you wouldn't have had back then, but let's put some really outdated religious references in. I don't know that that would have worked. Mm-hmm. This is tough because there's so many things in the book that I'm like, oh, I wish this was in the movie, and then you can't make time for everything. Yeah. One of those things to me was Meg and um, her husband and that proposal scene, which is so charming, but it was completely left out. I, I love James Norton as as her husband. I don't know. I just love James Norton. By the way, Greta Gorey's next project that is announced is with Margot Robbie, and it's called Barbie, written by the guy that wrote Marriage Story, and it's about a doll living in Barbie Land, expelled for not being perfect enough, sets off on an adventure in the wheel in the real world, a live action feature film based on a popular line of Barbie toys. That sounds terrible. <laughs> She's going to pull it off. If anyone can do it, it's Greta. <laughs> that sounds really bad. Does she have any, like, in the writing? Or is it's, it just... It's, just... it's just announced that they're making that movie. Interesting. What else? Anything else about Little Women? Um, my last note here is uh, about using props. Hmm. Okay. Come at me. What you got? And use... Also, when, when Amy goes out after that scene in the studio and she's getting dressed and she's like, undo my apron and she puts her coat on. Yeah. I kept waiting for her to put on her hat, and she never does. And she runs out to the carriage like, hey, boo, and then they go in the carriage and drive away without her hat. And I'm like, "Unbelievable! this lady's basically naked, and you're taking her, you want to marry this girl? <laughs> Just some, sometimes the costumes were so on point, and then other times it's these little things that are like, ugh. But again, that's one of those accuracies in period drama oh, yeah, so that you, you only had a big problem like, with the paintbrushes, right? I had a big I problem with that scene. Um, because the dialogue in that scene was so profound between Lori and... Right. And all I could look at was her fiddling with the props. And I like actors using props, and I like them showing their passions. And this was so well done with 
Joe and having the ink on her hands and switching mm-hmm. hands because her hands get tired and that laying out of the papers on the floor, like writers do that. I don't know. I just, that was so well done. Mm-hmm. And then Amy's like, was she supposed to just have been painting because she's cleaning her brushes, but then the oil paintings are completely dry and then she keeps cleaning the same brush over and over and she sticks it in upside down into a cup, which you're not even supposed to dry them right side up. You're supposed to dry them laying down because the moisture from the bristles will seep into the wood of the brush and it makes the Mm. wood expand and contract. So eventually the metal piece attached at the top will fall off. So that's not how you treat brushes. And just, it seemed like she was not in touch with this character's passion for art or knew enough about the tools and how to take care of them. That's why she's never going to make it as a painter. That's why she has to marry. That was another thing that was like, you know, Beth is perfect at playing the piano, which I didn't even mind. Like, yeah, maybe she just learned it on her own and she's just by herself at home playing the piano. But with with Joe, we see she's really working on her writing and it's not perfect and it goes through this journey. But then with Amy, it was just like she was this freaking (laughs) renaissance level painter. And she's like, I suck at this. Which was interesting when they showed also the comparison between her very traditional art and the Mm -hmm. other people doing the impressionism of the time Mm -hmm. in the park. I thought that was a cool little Mm. thing that maybe only I noticed. There's also that scene that you notice when she's in uh, the aunt's house and the aunt comes around the corner and like Florence is pretending to paint. Like she's just dabbing the thing with the brush, but the thing is like finished. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I compared this to our Sense and Sensibility episode that I did with Stacy, where the where the sisters, they're also both playing the piano and drawing, but their their drawings are like they look like teenagers doing them or people learning or mm. you know it's not perfect and like yeah this is their passion but they're not getting formal training which is a thing right. with Amy like she couldn't afford. Any and of been this. really the canvases, the paint, the, like they've been super expensive, right? right? And she's only able to really get into something like oil painting probably because of Aunt March. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's what just a perfect painter right away, but then does not really work with her tools, and then she's like, "I'm not gonna do this. I suck at this." <laughs> like, what if okay. she was like, "I suck at this," and it pans around, and it's like a stick figure in oil. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never gonna make it. That's what I wanted. It's like a rainbow. <laughs> blue clouds. It's a bowl of sucks. <laughs> no, instead it's like the Mona Lisa there. And she's like, this is no good. <laughs> That's just one thing where I feel like the prop department wasn't in touch with the acting mm. happening on the screen. Right. That was only the one thing that took Here, me Florence, out Florence, take this rag and keep wiping the brush. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, what is she doing? <laughs> it also it. makes it makes me wonder, okay, let's say so that scene with her and Timothy where she's cleaning the brush in the studio, because they're having this just insanely deep conversation. Mm-hmm. If she is just fidgeting with the brush too much and it's way too accurate and she's actually cleaning it like you should, would that distract from what's actually going on between the two characters? No, I think is it's like more of a viable stuff going on. No, I think it's more of a viable thing. But I also think that that maybe that scene wasn't 
like perfect with the props because it wasn't prepared for that long of a scene. Remember, that's the uh, scene that they gave. That's the scene that they gave. They literally right. wrote out like five minutes before they started filming, and it was still on paper. It wasn't even oh, something they rehearsed. So Florence is like, "Well, what do you want me to do?" Yeah, it was like it was like oh, okay, and then there's just yeah. already the setup already had like there, and like right. there was nothing. Right prepared for that i wonder if it had yeah. a big impact yeah, on maybe. that because it's like the one and only scene where the props weren't used like not the one and only but one of the big ones where the props weren't used properly yeah you know what i mean but I to know. your question i actually just watched an interview with rachel wise for our the podcast we did on my cousin rachel okay the interviewer asked her because there's some choreography happening within the scene where she has to there's this one long shot where she has to like light this candle and then she walks back and and then there's also another scene with her playing cards and they asked Rachel Weisz is it more difficult coordinating your body and then also doing the lines Mm -hmm. and she said no it actually makes it easier because you have something to do Mm -hmm. and then your acting comes naturally and then you're So apparently okay, okay. it's it's easier but I don't know I'm not an actor I don't know the answer I don't know these things I don't know. When you see people like recorded on like doing voiceovers and things like that, they're always still moving. That's yeah. true. Do you know what I mean? They're always still using their body and they're still it would like. help you get even more into character. I don't know. I, I feel like it's, it's, it kind of just makes it easier to just let it be. Right. Hmm. Well, 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, okay. So I am not, this is the first and only little women thing I've ever consumed in your vast knowledge of the little women adaption universe where does this stand well you grew up with the winona writer one right? yeah the first one i saw was it was the technicolor one um i think it's from the 50s no, i've seen I that really one too no actually it. i saw that one first before i saw the oh, okay. the, the Renona writer one because my grandma was really into There's watching old movies black and white one with katherine hepburn yes i have not seen that one i have seen that one too oh, okay Just i've from, seen like from what you've watched where does this stand i don't think you compare i think that's the difference is that this is such a great adaptation because it changes it and makes it so different that i don't know if i could compare them because it's not cop out. no it's not a cop out i lo- i like this version better no. than the winota writer one yeah, i don't think too. it's comparable to the black and white ones mm. because it's it, it's those are much more on point to being near the book okay then no. and it's like 50 that, years later yeah right? and it's I'm, like yeah it's it's I'm not saying, it doesn't matter how now, close I it is to the source seen... material. Just as as a movie, as a piece of art, where where does for, no, I know I definitely right. think it's better than the definitely the Bonona Rider one because yeah. you have so many things happening in this movie with color, with style, with yeah. camera work that maybe you just didn't have the consciousness of back in the day. So mm-hmm. this is just a natural development of movie making. Okay. So I don't know if it is fair to compare them, but the one that recently came out that is, is the, the one I haven't seen, and that's the one that you can offer a better yeah, intake on. Yeah, the one with Yuma Thurman's daughter playing Joe. It's free on Amazon. It's supposed to be phenomenal. And there's a scene where the mom like tries to be strong after the death of her daughter, and then she goes into a room, and as soon as the door shuts, she like breaks down, and it's phenomenal. Like it's one of the mm. best okay. acting. Like it, I think it's just as good as Laura Dern's. But again, that is a series. You have more time to really deal with the source material. Oh, like an Amazon TV show. Yeah, mm-hmm. got it. No, I think the best one is actually the anime from. <laughs> 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 I was about to break into racist 
English Japanese accent anime voice, and I stopped myself. <laughs> Might of the women. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> he has to scream, right? <laughs> they scream more in the American voiceover than they do. They do Japanese so much voice. more. Watching so much a more. lot of anime with our kids, and it's a lot of screaming. It, it it isn't though when you watch the actual like when you watch the ones with the subtitles yeah. and not the English translation yeah, because for some reason the English translation they decide that they have to yell every single line and, and I don't get has that the in baby in, voices too. yeah <laughs> yeah and I don't get that with the <laughs> with the Japanese <laughs> like, like this is really different. <laughs> Some characters that really bother me in the American version do not bother me at all. <laughs> That's all I ever hear them talking. <laughs> Is it an anime series or it's an anime movie? It's a series. It's it. like Heidi. It has the same style too. Interesting. Like, they have one of Anne of Green Gables too. Little I think. women anime. I'm gonna look this up. Oh, they have a little princess one too. They have a bunch of these classic novel um, series for kids, which I think is really cool. Yeah, sign us off, Tubby. What you got? You can find us at Modern Life Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can email us at modernlifepod at gmail.com. Our website is modernlifepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Reach out to us yeah. on YouTube. That's it. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. All right, see you guys soon. Bye. Bye. You mind yourself, dearie. Someday you'll need me, and you'll wish you had behaved better. Thank you, Aunt March, for your employment and your many kindnesses, but I intend to make my own way in the world. Oh, well, no, no one makes their own way. Not really. Least of all a woman. You'll need to marry well. But you are not married, Aunt March. Well, that's because I'm rich. <laughs>